Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Tyson is available for Monday the 6th of September 2021 with me Daniel Ruiz Tyson episode 346 hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going 16 29 hours here a nice day in London some warm weather at last uh, the weekend I think was uh, rather pleasant though I spent most of it indoors apart from putting my rubbish out that is, kept myself to myself. I knew that the weekend was going to see me hold up. I had some work to catch up on. And also, I've, I've just felt I felt I needed a bit of time to myself all of, uh, all of last week. I wasn't feeling great at the start of the week. Went for a, another COVID test and uh, ordered some LFTs for, for the flat. So did a couple of tests, all negative. But I just didn't feel great. And I guess this is, um, I'm going to get into the habit now of doing those LFTs if I'm going anywhere. For example, if I, you know, might be visiting my aunt and uncle, I might do a test uh, beforehand so I don't wipe them out. I just felt I needed to be away from everyone and everything more than usual. Also, um, grim local news, which may affect me. The urinating man of SW9 is back. That was a hard swallow there a few seconds ago, first of the show this week. The urinating man, yes, of SW9, he is back. I thought he'd gone to Spain for good, but my aunt's tipped me off that he's back. Not to be confused, of course, with the still AWOL since 2013 urinating dwarf of SW8. But he's back and he's in an electric chair. Not a motability scooter, an electric chair, which means he still needs to be pushed. It. I don't know. There just seems to be a lack of commitment there. Is, does that mean he's lazy? Who's he expecting to push him around all the time? His son? His son has, uh, I think his son is actually on his second wife, has uh, a few kids. I think he's got one with a second wife. I don't think he's going to be pushing his dad around. Is he expecting, I guess he's expecting his wife to push him around. It just seems a bit of a halfway house. Why not just embrace the motability scooter. That's just uh, my early thoughts on that news. But I am looking out for electric chairs right now in the uh, in the SW9 area. I'm still haunted by that steak smell this week. I will not forget that steak smell, that horrendous steak. If you haven't listened to episode 345, the details are on there. A steak that was only a couple of days past its expiry date. I don't know what had happened to it, but I will never forget that smell. And I can't believe that I attempted to eat it. But that smell, it will live with me for a long time. And I think if I smell it one more time, if if I ever experience that again, I think I will probably become a vegetarian. It's just, um, I've got no problem with becoming a vegetarian other than that will entail more admin. You know, I wouldn't really know... I wouldn't know enough meals to make without meat, though I say that, but I'm not a big meat eater. Having said that, I'm just not very creative in the kitchen. Thank God for the microwave. The smell of the steak reminds me of a horrendous smell that occasionally plagued the northbound Victoria Line platform at Stockwell Station from the mid-90s to the mid-noughties. There was this poor woman, I think she must have been middle-aged, very dated clothes and that's not me having a go at her you know I've got very dated hair right now I'm a fine one to talk but she had an issue a physical issue which meant that she couldn't lift her head up her neck was permanently fixed downwards so she'd sit on a bench looking down at the floor there were clearly hygiene issues you'd approach the Victoria line northbound from the opposite end and it got so for me anyway that I recognized the stench immediately it would just waft down from one end of the platform to the other I can't remember if I told you this last week if, if I 
did uh, forgive the repetition. I don't listen back to the shows. I don't have time. My ego isn't that big either. But that's what that steak smell reminded me of. It would probably be in my 10 worst smells. And the fact that it occurred in this in this flat is uh, troubling, to say the least. It was a tiring weekend for me. had an issue Saturday night. I was dozing off early. I was listening to the boxing. The Josh Warrington fight petered out. It was um, ruled a technical draw after a couple of rounds following a clash ahead. So that was an anti-climax and I was dozing off. And then I kept hearing what sounded like a smoke alarm going off or batteries dying out. And I think it was this old smoke alarm that I'd actually taken down some time ago, but I'd never removed the battery. I'd forgotten to remove the battery. And all of a sudden it started beeping late on Saturday night. And that, that audio scarred me. It goes back to 10 years ago when I was living in this flat in Stockwell where the final episodes of Please Don't Hug Me were recorded with a certain bald caster and the communal smoke alarms would go off, the batteries wouldn't be replaced, I was having real trouble sleeping and I would change the batteries, paying for the cost myself, bought myself a stepladder, would go around trying to track down these smoke alarms, these errant smoke alarms because I just could not sleep through those beeps and that's what it always reminds me of there we go motorbike let that go past so a tiring weekend haven't even got to work on the next uh, episode of when shorts were short which is a big one i think it might have to be two episodes it's uh two hours of audio and it's tiring because just a complete lack of resources my end these days a show like that with which I, I would say to be fair to myself it's a, it's an ambitious show but normally these shows if it was a, a commercial venture there'd probably be about half a dozen people working on it with me and uh, I just hate editing so much I'm not looking forward to tackling it the downloads are, are low and that is basically I think the problem every you know, with with whatever I do, for me, speaking personally, the, the problem is a lack of visibility, whether it's a a book, whether it's an ebook, whether it's a podcast, whatever I do, you know, I'm not a I'm not a big name. You have to be spending a lot of time online probably to find my work. You're not gonna find too many reviews. And that's the problem I've got with when shorts were short. So I think it's gonna be something that grows slowly. I've got to stick with it. I've got to stick with the vision. It's not something that I decided to do overnight. You know, it's well over a year now since I first conceived the idea. I've got thousands of when shorts were short emails in a specific when shorts were short inbox within my email. So it's a lot of work. Has it contributed to the health issues? Probably along with one or two other things, but uh, this is it. I'm, I'm committed to it. I've done all, well, I've done all the work to now. There's just a lot more work to do. As you can hear, I'm not very enthusiastic about that work, but no one else is going to do it. So I've just got to get on with it. Going to go for a run before I upload this show. Today, I did my hardest 10K of the summer, I think, on Friday. The third lap was a real struggle. I posted a slow time, six minutes below my personal best normally I can do you know 10k in about 48 minutes and it's why I only you know I only do one 10k a week because I realized and part of that is down to just not really understanding numbers but I you know I did a bit of reading and I think it was people like Minty Matt alerting me to certain times were faster than I was giving myself credit for I, I began to understand that if you're doing the same distance every time you're not going to be improving. Your body gets used to it. So I do two shorter runs during the week. Friday is the 10K. Ideally, I'd go for longer, but I think for me, it's just quite boring and it's a very difficult park. It's not a park for a novice. I've been running for over two years now, but I do still consider myself a novice, someone who should never have been running in a park as punishing as the park that I do run in. Also complicated by the fact there's been a festival the last... um, well, over the weekend, but, you know, it took over a week to put together. You know, I was having to run on railings, literally run on railings before they were erected uh, last week. I think everything was up by Friday, but on Wednesday, a lot of my route was becoming, well, it was just being closed off. And what hadn't been closed off, they were putting the railings up and they weren't leaving much space. They were just leaving effectively a little trail for runners 
and it became a bit, it became a bit awkward. I wasn't looking forward to running on Friday because I, I knew the park was just going to be full of the kind of people who uh, love a farmer's market, the, the, the gentrifiers. I knew it was going to get my back up. Uh, but I had to put up with it. And if anything, the noise from the music. I mean, look, I've said it before. If going to outdoor concerts is your thing, fair enough. For me, I'm not a big enough music lover to want to see anyone on stage. I, you know, if I'm the kind of person that needs to be on stage. I say I don't have an ego. I suppose I do. I would be on stage. I'm not going to be going there, going anywhere really and seeing someone on stage. It's not my thing, but certainly music gigs have never been my thing. But if I, if, if they were my thing, it would be indoor concerts you know, in venues that are acoustically set up to to enhance what you're listening to. And I don't think outdoor concerts do that. And I was just hearing, you know, the acoustics weren't great, but it was a distraction because obviously I don't have anything in my ears, as I say, I can't multitask. So if anything, I was aware that Friday evening was a very different run from normal. The park was quiet in some chunks. And then, you know, as I'd be running around this great wall that had been erected controversially, you know, it's something that does get the backs up of the locals as a public space, but it's closed off so frequently. If it's not a fairground, it's some festival. And I get that we've been locked down for such a long time and people want to have a good time. Just for me, I, I wish that, well, again, look, it's safer to be outside right now, isn't it? Maybe we need to create a few outdoor-specific venues now for the COVID age that we're living in rather than closing off sections of uh, public parks. And uh, as I was running on Friday night, I, I was thinking to myself, burglaries this side of the river could well spike tonight because just most of South London's white middle class appear to be in the park that evening. But at the same time, if I was a burglar, I would keep in mind that this new generation of gentrifiers either live, tend to a room now, or they're back living with their parents because there is a, a, a housing crisis in London for sure, partly caused by them and their appetite for buying flats. And uh, if you're a burglar, when these things are going on, you do have to bear in mind now that the market has changed. The flats may not be empty. You know, they're, they're probably about eight flatmates who've stayed indoors on a Friday night while these other uh, guys are at the um, the festival. So uh, you, you can't take it for granted as a burglar nowadays that these flats are, are going to be empty. And I was kind of reflecting a bit more on, it just got me thinking a bit more about what's happened in terms of the gentrification of uh, my neck of the woods. And I do think what's happened around Brixton is probably the worst example I've seen of it because of what Brixton was. You know, Brixton was this multicultural area. It had a lot of problems. It needed to improve a lot. But I think the gentrification of this area, it makes me feel so old. It's worse than anything I've seen in Clapham. It's worse than what's happened in Vauxhall. I mean, Vauxhall, I think it's just architecturally it's just horrendous what's been done you know it's it's historical vandalism and i i stand by what i've said numerous times in a generation or two architects will wonder what on earth this generation of architects and uh, land developers did to Vauxhall because all the old views of the river and the, you know so much history has been lost in the last 10 years and it's really sad but brixton we're talking about the displacement of people, perhaps on a scale not seen since the American Midwest expansion of the mid-19th century. It makes me feel really old. It's like, where have the black community gone, really? I can't believe how they've been displaced. That will make me sound like a liberal, probably. But it's just, it's just so strange. It's not even gone from working-class black community to working-class white community. It's just skipped the white community, the working-class white community, and gone straight to white middle-class community. And I passed today, just just walking back from the cafe today, I passed the uh, department store expansion just off Ferndale Road, which has always been a dump, that area. But the department store has now expanded even further, and it just doesn't sit well with me. And I'm just seeing all these... Um, mainly white middle-class people in there, hot desking with their expensive coffees. You know, people that really wind me up 
the white middle class that you see walking around with their expensive takeaway coffees, which they tend to be so tiny, tend to be a black cup around uh, this part of um, South London. They are tiny. I don't know whether they're getting them in Pret, possibly Pret. And I just think, how much have you paid for that rubbish? I could make better instant coffee than that stuff. It would be a lot cheaper too. And these are the kind of people who will sit in the department store, who will hire some hot desk for half a day or a full day. And they sit there and they give no thought to what was there before, to to what has been displaced, to the local issues, the issues bugging those that predate the gentrification. Now, areas need to improve, and areas can't stand still, and Brixton, like Stockwell, needed to change. It needed to improve, but it's just, as I keep saying, it's just gone too far the other way, and I see it all the time. You know, what, what, I want to be proved wrong, but when I'm approaching the park, I was coming back on a bus a few hours before my run, and I'm seeing all these young, white, middle-class people head into the park with their booze. I can see that that is what I expected to be seeing as I returned home on Friday. I want to be surprised, but I'm not surprised. I don't belong in this area. This 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 South London is not my South London. And the South London that was my South London, it had plenty of faults. I'm not saying it was, was it better in my day. It was fairer. It had plenty of problems. Look, I just don't want to be around here. And I want to be around here even less now that it's surrounded, it's full of these kind of people. If that was me, I'd be thinking, okay, so I can go here and I can listen to some music, I can pay, I can go in, but should this event be taking place in a public space, is it fair for the locals that the walls are going up? You know, these people are paying council tax. Is it right that this happens? What else is going on in this area? No one cares, or not enough people care. It's tiring. Anyway, I'm going to... There we go. Sound of South London. The area may be even more gentrified than before, but we still got the naughty people. Although I don't think that police car was going anywhere. That's simply flash the siren, flash the audio, because I'm on a blind spot. Lost my thread now. Anyway, going for a run after this. And uh, I'm going to be wearing this um, green T-shirt, dark green T-shirt I wore to the cafe earlier because it's stained. It was newly washed, but I stained it with some hundred millilitres. Is it millilitres? Millimetres? Millilitres? Whatever. You tell me. Fragrance-free superdrug hand gel, which the dispenser has a design flaw. I've bought a few of these now, and it always squirts too much. And I've got squirt stains everywhere on that T-shirt, so I'm just going to run in it later before putting it in the wash just gonna do two laps tonight i think that'll be six to seven k don't need to do any more than that i'm hoping that some of the fencing from the festival has been taken down a lot to talk about need to push on with this um had a had a walk from the cafe today i was running late this morning and uh, i've got to be careful these days when i'm walking in South London because my hearing from all the audio editing of the last decade or more isn't what it was. Not only do I have to worry about cyclists, these electric scooters are everywhere now. You just don't hear them coming up behind you. There are so many about. I even see people on their scooters now, their electric scooters, as I'm sure you do, typing out some message on their phones. I mean, that is serious multitasking. I could live forever and I don't think I'd be able to pull that off. Big week, lot on my mind. Got to sort out some housing stuff. Trying to, uh, I think there's an electric scooter going past there. I just heard it. So I can hear it when I'm in the flat. I just can't hear them when I'm outdoors. How does that work? A week where I have to try and sort out my situation on the housing ladder, the local housing ladder, because I'm just getting nowhere. I know that I need to fill out some medical forms. It's going to be my only chance of getting up the housing list. So I've printed up a couple of letters for my GP. I'm going to be seeing him tomorrow. More of that in a moment. I've been watching the developments in Afghanistan the last few weeks. And I'll admit, I couldn't help thinking initially, 
I didn't have a chance of a flat before this. Now there's no chance in this or the next life. My borough is not going to be housing me. My internal voice was just screaming at the TV. Look, the Taliban say they've changed. Why don't we give them a chance? Let all those people just stay there for four or five years. See what the Taliban do. Gives me some time to sort out my accommodation. And if at their end things aren't working out, fine. Bring in 20,000. Just let me get my council flat first. I'll admit that that thought, that detailed thought, has crossed my mind. So I'm seeing the GP tomorrow just to give him a couple of medical letters. He's already told me that he will help with my application. I think he recognizes what I'm saying in that I, my situation is not going to improve while I'm stuck in this flat. It really isn't. I think this place will be the end of me. I need to get out of here. Now, do I want to live on a council estate? No, of course not. That's, you know, I had more ambitions for my life, but my friends who have social housing for every pound they're spending, I'm spending £2.50 or £3 just flying out of the account every week. I cannot live like that, especially when my creative work is just not making any, you know, it's just not making any money. So uh, even this patron is uh, pretty pitiful at the moment. It covers a couple of bills uh, for, for the amount of work I do. That really isn't... Good enough. Of course, I am grateful to those of you who continue uh, to support this show. Losing my way here. Where are my notes here? That's where I am anyway. I'm going to the doctors tomorrow, he said, raising his voice for no reason at all. I'm having this issue with my arm after the second vaccine, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist at all. I'm pro-vaccine, let me stress that. But it is clear to me that there is an issue with the uh, AstraZeneca jab even. And uh, I'm 12 weeks on from my second jab and my left arm is so bad now. My mobility with that arm is severely impaired. I can't dress properly. I can't carry any shopping bags with it. I have uh, a couple of friends who are experiencing the same issue. It's the first time I've gone online and done some digging around to make sure I know what I'm talking about when I go back to the GP tomorrow about it. And I'm going to feel a bit bad because I spoke to him about this about 10 days ago, but it's just got even worse now. Now, you know, one or two people have said to me, well, how about you simply try and uh, just deal with it, live your life and deal with it? Well, I'm doing my bit for the community in terms of being jabbed up. Why do I have to live with an arm and a half now? Why can't I live the rest of my life with two working arms? This thing is getting worse. It's not getting better. So why do I have to put up with it? I've been decent enough to go and get jabbed. This was not part of the deal. And I've been on uh, Reddit forums. I found other health sites. They all link to the AstraZeneca. It's a specific issue to the AstraZeneca jab. Now, as someone pointed out to me, the Pfizer has its own issues. Uh, Pfizer, apparently you're at risk of a heart attack with a Pfizer. Now, I know that someone said to me, you've been unlucky. Okay, I've been unlucky, but so have plenty of other people based on what I'm reading. I'm reading people talking about experiencing the same issue. The one thing I noted when I was jabbed is... It looked to me that they'd gone unusually high on the arm. Now, apparently they do that with a BCG as well. I can remember my BCG. I can't remember, of course, even I'm not that anal, where I'd be able to remember how high they went on the arm when they jabbed the arm. But I do remember being struck when I got my second jab at how high they went on the arm. And this isn't something that, that, that this pain I'm having in my arm, it wasn't something that was affecting me the first few weeks. It's something that's affected me as time has gone on. I'm now about 12, 13 weeks on from that second jab and this thing is getting worse. So I'm going back there tomorrow. I just want my arm to be back to normal. Would I have the AstraZeneca again? No, I wouldn't. I didn't want the AstraZeneca in the first place. It didn't have a great reputation. I wanted the Pfizer, but uh, I think... I suppose this this podcast is the equivalent of the AstraZeneca. It's, you know, this podcast doesn't get many listeners. The AstraZeneca jab is the jab that people didn't really want. You wanted the Pfizer, ideally. I ended up uh, with this one. Just on the whole council estate thing and not wanting to live on a council estate, uh, let me just confirm that, that I stand by that. I, I, I never wanted to live on a, a council estate, particularly in this borough. And uh, I was listening to this uh, US podcast 
uh, made in the US, but often has a lot of uh, UK contributors on it. It's been going since 2008. Uh, the audio quality on it has never been great. It's frustrating because the content is brilliant. They were talking to a couple of uh, tour guides who've recently created the Charlie Chaplin guide, which meant they had to uh, cross over from East London into South London to work out the route. And they both remarked on the stink of cannabis from every estate they walked through. And I just thought, yeah, that's Lambeth, all right. That is Lambeth. These guys got it spot on. That is, that is this borough all over. I don't want to stay in this borough, but I need to gain some kind of permanent hold somewhere, some stability that allows me to build. I cannot build anything while I'm in this situation. I've had a really productive uh, morning and a few productive mornings lately on the writing, but it's not enough two hours a day. It's not enough to drive your projects forward. And I'm project focused, but every day I'm having to spend about 20 minutes again organizing everything before I can start writing and at the moment, that particular project, it's going steadily, but I've not hit that point yet where I think, yeah, this is it. I'm hitting some writing form. I've just got too much going on, too much rubbish going on. Let me give you the book that I've been reading this week, A Talented Man by Henrietta McCurvey. This is the second book of hers that I've read. I'm not enjoying this one, I have to say. Let me give you the blurb. In the vein of Patricia Highsmith, a master forger discovers the lost sequel to Bram Stoker's. And if you're a regular listener, you know I can't say the name of Bram Stoker's Count. So uh, let me just say the Count, the lost sequel to Bram Stoker's Count. Hangover Square meets the talented Mr. Ripley, a chilling and engrossing tale of the psychopathic mind is one review. Here's the blurb for the book. Ellis Spender, only son of a once-esteemed society family, believes money, success, and the high life are his birthright, only prevented by a cruel trick of fate. Struggling to stay ahead of his creditors, the dejected writer... Hey, that rings true. Uh, the uh, dejected writer decides to forge a sequel to one of the most famous novels of all time, Bram Stoker's The Count. Its remarkable discovery will create the lifestyle he believes is his due, but as his scheme begins to bear fruit, others who stand to gain become obstacles, and Ellis will stop at nothing to achieve his desires. It's okay, but it's one of those books I'm just very keen to finish and move on to the next book book it does include a chapter of the undead count supposedly faked by this character Alice and that chapter is better than the rest of the book and similar actually to one or two sequels I've read to Bram Stoker's book written by other authors what I love about Bram Stoker's original novel and I think my appreciation of it has increased my fear of that book and its character will always remain high but my appreciation of the novel has grown over the years it's just i love its style it's an epistolary novel written as a, a collection of fictional uh, diary entries there's telegrams letters newspaper clippings ships logs which just add this detail to to the story i just think it's maybe it wasn't the first novel to ever do that but it's the first novel that I read. Obviously, I read it at eight. It's just simply one of the first novels I ever read. But as I've grown older and looked at the way it was put together, I just think it's so impressive. It's so clever the way it was put together. And for me, it elevates it to, to a really high level. I think it's a, it's a brilliant book. I'm just uh, terrified by the lead character. It's uh, it's just a very clever piece of work. And the more I read about Bram Stoker, again, the more I can relate to him. You know, he was very bitter in real life. At least he had his work at the Lyceum Theatre as assistant or manager to Henry Irving, the great uh, Victorian actor. But, you know, writing was his true love and he was very bitter in real life that his work never got the acclaim it deserved. Let me just say there, he is lucky that uh, he didn't have a podcast that uh, that would have made him even more bitter. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available episode 346. He said his voice breaking up there. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at 1607 Facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all the work at DanielRuizTyson.com. If you enjoy the show, an Apple podcast review would be all important. It's, uh, it's something that indie shows rely on. It 
and need really really do need it helps the show grow helps the show find a bigger audience and uh, it would be appreciated at the moment i do just tend to get negative reviews of you know this show is free if you don't like it run along now find another show you know when you're a small show like this one bad reviews can kill the show it's not like i have hundreds of reviews uh, there i think there are 66 reviews this is show number 346 there is of course the patron page that keeps this show alive sign up at patreon.com forward slash drt available the steve nickel patron exclusive episode for uh, the When Shorts Were Short episode. That is out. That came out on... When did it come out? It came out last week anyway. It's there if you want to upgrade your tier of support for the show and get early access and exclusive content sent to you. Let me bring you my uh, nectar points now. Let me just give you a time check. First 17.02 hours. Does that do anything to uh, advance this week's show? Of course not. My... um, Quite a few trips to Sainsbury's lately. I'll just give you the latest nectar points. My opening balance before going in today, before I ended up in the cafe, I had a points balance of 253. I bought some anti-back wipes. I actually saw a deal 50p for 40 half-size ones. I just thought, just stick with a pound, a pound for 40 full-size ones. I don't need to change that, not yet. Anyway, bought a yogurt, uh, bought a steak and kidney pie. The casing on on the Sainsbury's ones is a uh, is better than the little ones, and uh, you know you don't need to eat it right away. The little ones, if you if you miss an expiry date or even just before the expiry date, that casing can turn can get mouldy. Bought a single fair trade banana, sixteen p to munch on my way to the cafe. Single orange, as you know, I like to top up my oranges. Like to keep on top of that stock. That all came to £4.78, and uh, that was worth uh, four nectar points, taking me up to 257 nectar points. My points are worth £1.28. Will I hit that magical 250 nectar points mark before Christmas? I hope so. I hope so. Well, actually, I, I don't know. What would I be able to do anyway at Christmas with 250 points? It's not like I could buy some Christmas ham with those 250 points what am i going to do i don't know how expensive those joints of ham are but what am i going to do turn up at a till whether it's self checkout or an old school till and just say to the cashier you know whatever the i don't know what these joints of ham cost 16 pounds let's say and i'm going to say can i uh, use up my 250 nectar points uh, my 500 nectar points i'm getting confused of course 500 nectar points means your points are worth uh, two pound fifty yeah what am i going to do with those 250 points 500 points getting confused just move on okay let me give you this week's star wars football results it's been a, a mixed well it's been mixed fortunes really for our domestic teams in europe uh, this week let me give you um the Group 1 results from uh, Week 5 of the Champions League. Holders Tatooine, who've uh, won two Champions Leagues. Champions League on the spin. Champions, oh, what's, what is going on with me today? Let's. I just want to get out there for my run now. They've won two Champions League on the trot. Naboo nil, Tatooine 4. Again, another group stage that they've run away with. I'll give you the tables in a minute. Uh, Medical Droid grabbed two goals for Tatooine to take his total to five since moving from Alderaan. He really is on fire. Clearly believes that he is now at a club deserving of his talent. Han Solo got the other one. I think the other one was an own goal. Yes, it was an own goal by Snowtrooper for Naboo. His second own goal in this season's Champions League. Didn't even write the date for this next game. Hoth, Hoth, he said, hitting the H hard. Hoth lost 1-0 at home to Endor, last season's beaten finalist. Twice runners-up in the Champions League. I'm going to have to pause this. I just need to find the date this game was played on. Otherwise, I'm not going to relax. Okay, I'm back with you. That was played on the 2nd of September. The first game of September, Hoth nil, Endor 1 in Group 2. So Endor have done the double over Hoth, and that does complicate Hoth's qualification. They can still qualify, but they'll be qualifying with just a very poor points total of 4. Hardly fills their fans with confidence. 3rd of September, Group 3, Cloud City 2, Empire 1. 
a shock defeat for Empire. They've had a poor campaign, really, because their only win in the Champions League came in uh, week two, their first game of the tournament, and it was a penalty 14 seconds from time put away by Skipper Blue Jacket Solo that got them the points, and Cloud City were unfortunate that night, and uh, they took their revenge with a 2-1 win over Empire that was deserved. Empire have now lost three games on the trot, so they're having... uh, uh, a poor run of form that threatens to derail their season. Uh, what else? Uh, the 4th of September. When was that? That was Saturday. Agamar won Mandalay nil. That was a real shock because Agamar have been Agamar. Consistency. Dave, come on. Agamar won Mandalay nil. Agamar had prior to this game conceded 12 goals, conceded none. They had no points. Now they've won a game against one of the tournament favourites, third favourites, in fact, Mandalay, which means that X-Wing are now in the driving seat in Group uh, 4. All to play for, X-Wing travel to Mandalay in the final week of the group stages, Week 6, coming up shortly. Let me give you the tables. I'll give you the points total and, and placings. Group 1, first place, Tatooine, played 3. Points nine, goal difference plus nine. Cantonica in second place, played four, three points, minus three goal difference. Naboo played three, minus six goal difference, three points. Group two, Endor top, seven points, goal difference plus two. They played three. Hoth have played all their games, four games played, four points, uh, zero goal differences. Subo have played three games, uh, haven't scored any goals, conceded just two points to... Goal difference of minus two. They need to beat Endor. No two ways about it. They travel to Endor and only a win will do. And Endor have form. They have previous in terms of losing games in the group stages after they've qualified. They can switch off. They can be a bit flaky. So uh, Hoth will be mindful of that. Hoth Swallow coming up. Group three. Zepho atop. Uh, play three. Points five. Plus two. Empire second place. Play three. Points four. Zero goal difference. Cloud City have played four. They've played all their games now. Uh, points for minus two goal difference. So they need Zepho to do them a real favour and beat Empire by at least a couple of goals in order to qualify. My maths, as you know, is bad, but I think that's how I read that group. Group four, X-Wing top, played 3.6 plus six goal difference. They did lose at home to Mandalay. They now travel to Mandalay, but they're in the driving seat now. Mandalay played three. They're in second place. Uh, 0.6 goal difference, five. Agamar uh, finished bottom of the group, uh, played 4.3 minus 11. Last night, the World Club final, Tatooine, the holders from last year, they played for Lucha. And Tatooine turned out, uh, ran out 2 0 winners, a goal from uh, Medical Droid and Yaz Pure, meaning I think that Tatooine had now won their 12th honour of the Silver Age. What a run of trophy wins. And that's their second consecutive World Club final. Okay, a lot to bring you from the cafe uh, this week and not in any particular order. Let me give you actually a pandemic dream first. When was this? This was on the 2nd of September. I wasn't feeling well, so I was having a cat nap. You know, I don't have cat naps during the week, but whenever the second was, I think that was Wednesday, I was just, I had no energy. I felt so lethargic. So I went uh, went to lie down, had a pandemic dream. I was back at 48 Mayflower, I was standing outside, it was being fancily refurbished, not for me, the neighbours, the old neighbours had disappeared, there were all these new fancy people moving in and uh, the overriding feeling was that there was no place for me and the old neighbours in the new Mayflower and I had one builder remark to me that uh, our bell wasn't working and I told him it hadn't worked for 20 years, which wasn't strictly True, but only a minor stretching of the truth. I remember Lopez and I trying to fix the bell, I think, at some point in the 90s. And uh, my old neighbor, the Maltese woman, uh, got involved. And between the three of us, we just could not get it working. We had all this cabling, all this wiring running up three, three floors. And it was always very gloomy inside Mayflab because in the communal hallways, there were no windows. So it was always a very very gloomy place we weren't able to get it working so you know i'd have friends who'd come round and uh lopez much miss lopez he would always do this 
And I got to know that whistle. Then I'd have other close friends who say, Dad! Another one would say, Daddy! I guess these days if I was living there, someone would say, Dave! It's just, uh, it's incredible given how low-key I am, how much of an introvert I am these days, that there was a time when people shouting out my name outside my home didn't really bother me. It's it's incredible to think that. So yeah, that, that was another pandemic dream that I just didn't particularly uh, like. Let's get back to the cafe. The colder weather last week uh, saw Phil Collins rolling her sleeves down so her fancy forearm tattoo... I th- can't remember if it's on her left or right forearm. That was uh, covered up. It, it's been so cold, hasn't it, in London? I don't know where... Well, of course, I don't know what the weather has been like where you've been, but we've had no summer here. We've jumped from a brief heat wave right into the autumn. And the last two or three days, thankfully, the weather's been a bit uh, better. It just lifts your mood, you know. On Friday, as... Um, as I left the cafe, I told you that my notes this week aren't in any order. I'm just rambling. I left the cafe on Friday. I was uh, about 30, 40 meters away and I saw the bid coming out of the local bookies for the second time that week. He was analyzing his betting slip, looking hopeful. On the one hand, I was thinking this guy, clearly he might have a bit of a, a betting addiction. I hope he wins. But then if he wins, he's going to be back there. I was thinking he's not going to break that habit. So I didn't know how I felt about that, but uh, there's a few of the regulars that I always see, staff and customers always coming out of that, bookies. The better weather today meant the Alfresco area was busy. The chain smoker with whom I was battling for the table on the far side of that Alfresco area through the summer, he was back. I sat indoors. Uh, No desire to be passive smoking again. There was a huge breakage today behind me. There was a, a pastry takeaway box was knocked off the counter, taken with it a couple of glasses. I don't know whether they were tall glasses or beer or wine glasses. I saw Phil Collins put her hand to her head and do that rare thing for her, which was smile. And I thought she should break things more often. It was a it was a nice thing to see. It was nice to see her smile. Meantime, Argentina 78, he who can wear the indecently high shorts when it's hot. Thankfully, he wasn't wearing them today, but he, he was in the cafe talking to me about crypto and blockchains. I had no idea what he was on about, but he was telling me, uh, giving me one or two ideas of how I could sell work using whatever it is he was talking about. And I made a couple of notes, but again, it's just another thing to add to my list. He kept his wife waiting outside while he was chatting to me for 10 minutes. He seemed in no rush to to go out to her. She'd actually turned up at the cafe. I don't think he was too happy because that, you know, it's his happy place. It's a bit like it's my happy place. It's where you just go and get away from things. And as she turned up, she said to him, oh, I thought you'd be here. And I don't think he appreciated that. But uh, in his case, she's uh, the one that's usually paying for, for, for the beverages. So he had to suffer it. He told me he hasn't been swimming the last week, though he did look very good today. Clean shaven, knocked about a decade of him. And I told you that I'd gone to check out his pool because I am keen to get back to swim in the Brixton Sports Centre where I used to swim. That's, I think that's enforcing membership now on people and I don't want to take out membership. I checked out um, Argentina 78's swimming pool, his local pool in uh, Vauxhall, but I, I was disappointed when I found out it's only a 25-metre pool. But even worse, as I told you, it has no deep end. And swimming in a pool with no deep end, as an adult, to me, that's not swimming. You know, you might as well just be in the bath. What's that all about? That's a very strange decision. So on the one hand, Vauxhall uh, stringing together Europe's highest swimming pool between two tall buildings, two new tall buildings. Maybe that's happened already, but that's going ahead. So they can they can build a, a swimming pool in the sky, but they can't build a swimming pool at ground level with a deep end. That makes no sense to me. As he was uh, chatting, no, actually, prior to him coming over to my table, as he was coming in, there was another guy sat over at... Uh, one of the middle tables, the single middle table that now takes up the heart of the cafe. I was, meantime, I was sat at Not Mick Fleetwood's table by the radiator, which uh, is going to be highly sought after come the winter. So I was sat 
to this guy's right. Argentina 78 came in and uh, again gave this guy an old school handshake as he had last week. As he finished talking to me, luckily for me, I was holding the tall glass for once with my right hand was holding on to it as he was chatting to me because I think as he left, he was in two minds of whether he was going to try and shake my hand or fist or elbow bump me. But because I had the tall glass in my right hand, he had to leave without a without anything. I think he found that a bit awkward. The problem for me with no longer having my toilet table in there is that I'm now more visible. And to be visible with this current hair, and I, I say hair rather than hairstyle because there's no style to it. It's not good and sometimes i i can see regulars looking at the hair trying to work out what's going on with it they're they're troubled by it they're trying to work out what era the hair might have been popular in if at all i also i've been reflecting that my orders well i know that my orders are always the same if i go in on saturdays now i'll have uh, you know i'll have some portuguese toast but i hate that i have to be so frugal and predictable with my orders and uh, I would imagine that the late owner's son probably wishes he could fast track his restaurant dream so customers like me become a thing of the past maybe when he goes home he speaks to his dad or his dad rather speaks to him about their attempts to cut down on my latte nursing times back in the spring of 2011 when uh, another one you might remember him and he stunted up a left snaggle tooth and uh, another guy who looked like Kojak's uh, brother in the Kojak TV series had a very unusually small face they i think particularly another one he was quite dogged trying to cut down my uh, latte nursing times down from an hour he was trying to get me down to half an hour it was a protracted battle and since then i've just uh, i never drag out or rarely drag out a latte beyond 45 minutes i think that's poor form but maybe the dad is talking to his son about this now decade old battle and uh Maybe saying to him, look, we've tried before and this is not the kind of customer you can build a business around. You need to get rid of him. You, 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 you know, this guy is not part of the future. On Friday, meantime, I was the only one sat indoors and felt that only served to draw greater attention to my tight orders. And uh, as I say, you can't build a business around me. Old Twitter were in the cafe on Friday. They were sat outside, still no broadsheets. I guess that's maybe a fear of going into a shop, even with a mask. But it does mean that consequently, they're barely talking to one another. I I think that their relationship appears to me to have been built around breaking uh, news headlines to each other with their broadsheets. Back to today, no tricolor coffee, thankfully, but there was a two-color effort from Seb K, the the cafe's most gifted coffee maker. The tricolor made by the new guy is the equivalent of the overly sculpted goatee. It's all show and no substance, and I I just don't, you know, it looks great, but it's not, uh, it doesn't really do much for me, I have to say. Okay, let me come back to my other notes here. This, um, prior to last Friday, I think this was the second This was the second. When was that? That's Wednesday. So last Wednesday, I didn't get my table. Not Mick Fleetwood was there. It didn't bother me too much. You know, I'm I'm trying to make sure that I'm not hankering after a specific table because I, I think that when I, you know, the toilet table, I saw that as my table. It was my table, but it was a weakness. It made me vulnerable. It meant that if I got to the cafe and the table was taken, I'd feel crestfallen and I had to try and find a way always to bounce back from that. I don't want that vulnerability back, but I have to say it is my favorite table now because it's the easiest one to work from if you're, if you're in there on your own in the pandemic era and Mick not Mick Fleetwood rather he left after about 20 minutes and uh, I gave Seb K the opportunity to just wipe down the table and clear not Mick's generous tip and uh, messy uh, pastry leftovers and uh, whatever he was drinking the mineral water I think he usually has and uh, as soon as he cleaned that I just jumped on that table so the staff might be thinking oh that's his new toilet table meantime after I jumped onto not Mick's table the head man of sw8 came in and he took the table that i'd vacated and there was someone else who came in whose clothes smelt damp or it was the lingering odor of not mick at his table 
maybe that I was smelling. I'm not keen on on sitting at his table, I have to say, because uh, he's he's quite a dishevelled guy, and uh, as I say, he's a generous tipper. But maybe he needs to uh, scale those um, those generous tips back and just focus maybe on uh, updating his wardrobe a little, or or, or up in the uh, up in the showers possibly. But uh, you know that. That smell of damp clothes, that's a very London smell these days because we are living in smaller accommodation. Our heating setups are rubbish. You've got a lot of windowless bathrooms. Uh, you're trying to keep the heat in during the winter so you don't open the windows to, to dry your clothes. But the heating's not up to much. The clothes smell damp. That is a very, very London scent. 21st century London scent. I saw the late owner and the waitress. They were cooing over this toddler that was in and i i reflected that the late owner's son is far better with kids now i remember years ago when his uh, sister had her first kid he was always a bit wary of holding the baby which uh, to be fair is i'm not great at holding babies you know they're just so small and uh you're worried about dropping them, of course, which would be a big thing. So uh, I tend to avoid holding infants. There aren't many opportunities these days, but I'm, I'm you know, I've never really had the knack. I, when when they're toddlers, um, you know, moving about a bit, crawling around, I'm fine with picking them up then. But anything before that, I'm not. Twelve thirty-five hours on the second of September. I felt that my right hand was a little too high up on the tall glass again. There was a time when the uh, the with the new tall glasses, I remember, not with these ones. These ones, finally, they've been corrected. But there was a period, I think, around 2016, 2017, when they started replacing their old tall glasses. They brought some in which could not be balanced properly on the saucers. So they didn't come with the right saucers, or they'd simply just bought new tall glasses but hadn't bought the right saucers and kept the old saucers. So you had a real problem balancing them on the saucers. And also, you couldn't put your finger and thumb through the handle. It was like the Sylvanian family tall glass set. I'm glad that those have gone now. That's something I've noticed uh, post-pandemic. They've done something with the glasses. The tall glasses now are a bit better, but clearly muscle memory. I think my hand isn't adjusting properly to its uh, to, to these uh, new tall glasses. Um, one of the chefs came out on, that was, actually, that was his, toddler that was his kid one of the chefs came out i hadn't seen him before uh he was wearing a vest he had lots of hair high up on the arms the shoulders a bit on the back this guy didn't care it was it was great you just thought fair play to you you know you don't mind that sasquatch look you know this is sw8 it's a place of chest hair back hair shoulder hair he did not care and that uh that toddler did not care clearly was delighted to see their dad. I think we should end on that upbeat note. A toddler delighted to see their very hairy father. That's an upbeat note to end on this week. And now it's time for you to get those shoulders back and keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. If you can share links to the show, if you can RT tweets, it all helps really. This is a lot of hours going into this stuff. It'd be nice if the content was shared it would be appreciated. Look after yourselves. I'm Daniel Ruiz-Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. <laughs>